0: Much bone, brother. How you feel, man? I feel all right. I'll call your name.
1: I don't want no people to know you in here. How you feel, brother? Right. Yeah, hey,
0: You're getting down. Look at ah. We're going to have a fun good time. We're going to have
2: a fun good time. Good time. What James Brown said, we're getting ready to have a funky good time.
3: I always have a funky good time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to Play Cousins, Play Cousins,
3: I'm Derek. I'm Erica. We're Washingtons. But we're not related. At all. Whatsoever. (laughs) Well, Play Cousins, what's going on in your life? You look very cute. Thank you. Erica looks cute. She's got on a a silvery sort of thing and another thing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm
2: wearing a gold sparkly skirt and a jean jacket. I was trying to go for something.
3: She got the jean jacket in Italy when she was in Italy
2: when I was in Italy.
3: Learning how to make pasta from scratch.
2: I did learn how to do
3: that. Did you feel more black when you came back? How so? Well after being over there amongst all of that not black, did you feel like more black?
2: No, I will say that I felt safer there than I did here. How so? I felt as though that the police weren't gonna try to pull me over for anything or that they weren't ever Uh. looking at me sideways in any sort of way. And I felt like folks actually wanted me to be there and spend my money and have conversation, even if I could only partially understand them.
3: So in Italy, were you an American? Yeah. So I you, think I
2: was an American, yeah, because people just went, where are you from? I did have one guy, oh, are y'all from Atlanta? And I said, maybe that's where he thinks all the black ladies come from. <laughs> and I said Las Vegas. And every time I told somebody else from Las Vegas, they would just like they lose up. their minds? Oh, my God, it's just... <laughs> Las Vegas, bright lights, big city. And then we had another guy, we had a waiter that every time he came over, he could tell he learned his English from watching television because everything was so, uh, uh, my daughter who lives there now, he said to her, uh, she asked where the bathroom was. And he's like, it's over there to the left, to the left, to the left, (laughs) everything in the box. I was like, okay. And American
3: then, pop culture, and
2: then you got it, dude. He did all like all the sitcom, like uh, little uh, lines, like that's how he spoke his English, which so was it tickled me so much. It was fun though.
3: No, nah, it is worth though, because when you say Vegas, like people uh, are like, whoa. Yeah, no matter where I go, when I say I'm from Vegas, everybody's got a Vegas story. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go to Vegas. Everybody's been to Vegas. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, some people hate it, and they'd be like, I went to Vegas, and I lost all my money. I hated it there.
3: My wife no longer speaks to me.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have news. What do you have? My youngest. Are you pregnant? When... What is wrong with you?
3: Well, you're newly married.
2: I am newly married. I'm also newly 42, and deciding that I am done procreating. Age Moving is just on... a number, but
3: okay. Moving on. I my need, news. Some, my I need youngest... some grandchildren.
2: <laughs> well, have some kids first. <laughs> My youngest, who is
3: uh Little 14
2: girl. going on 15, went on their first date <gasps> last night.
3: And you know what? I didn't get a call about that because I could have been there with a bat. I could have been there.
2: He was very nice. They such all are, a, so such a not. nice young man. He met us at the movie theater. I was allowed to stay and hang out in the corner or whatever. But uh, well, he people? took a bus. He took a two hour bus to who get to the people? movie theater. I don't know his people. I really don't. She I did really take I did drop him off at home because um, he lives way, way...
3: Did you go in and meet the parents?
2: No, I didn't do that. I didn't feel like oh that was God. necessary. This is why
3: you're not allowed to have children. From now on, just give them to me.
2: Well, I'm not going to have any more, so there's my ah. punishment, boo. But it was just so adorable. Like, they were very cute together. Did they hold hands? I, I He put his arm around her in the theater. I <gasps> did see
3: that. What movie did you go see? Was it appropriate? That, that
2: Spider-Man, the newest Spider-Man
3: movie. Was that the, with the Zendaya person?
2: Yes, Zendaya's in there. Okay. Who, transitioning... Zendaya, I was just reading an article about her because apparently she's supposed to be in a movie um, playing Ronnie Spector, who just no. passed away.
3: No way, no mm-hmm. way, no way.
2: And so she had made this long post because I guess she got to spend time with her to in order to play her character. And so oh, she was talking oh about God. that. So I was doing a little recon on Ronnie Spector because I knew who she was, but I didn't know a whole lot about her.
3: Did you know that one of the... the cousins,
2: I guess? It's Ronnie and her cousins, right? It was Ronnie's and her sister and her cousin. Right, and her cousin... But the sister's the one who passed away. She was homeless.
3: Yeah, she had schizophrenia Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And anorexia
2: and a drug problem and what have you. And it's just so odd to look at the pictures of, like, you were doing all these glamorous things and then her life ended. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The cousin is still alive, the last one. But she died of... But the. Other sister died of cancer too, so now both of them have passed away from yeah, cancer. Yeah,
3: it's, it's a sad story.
2: It is. All right, let's move on. Are we moving on? I think it's time to move on. We got so much to do today.
4: The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be
1: brought
3: to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. In the, the revolution news, will
2: not news, show you. News,
3: news, news, news. New sounds, new sounds, new sounds. Here in the news. So. Build back better. Don't look like we're getting it. I don't even know if we've built back anything. I don't think so. You know what's weird about, okay, so for those of you who don't know about build back better, it's basically social infrastructure that uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, ran on to uh, basically help us fix our families, do the things that American families- Fix to, what that other dude did. Right, right, the other dude, uh, Chito Mussolini. So. The point of Build Back Better was that we were supposed to actually do things for Americans for once, instead of just for corporations, instead of just for like military contractors, instead of just for more rich people.
2: We were going to have some paid family leave so people could take time off and actually take care of themselves.
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and, and lower metal, uh, You know what? OK, so sidetrack. One of the things that gets me is this. We talk about capitalism and we talk about how The market should be what controls the forces, et cetera. But yet, every time that we talk about the government being able to negotiate drug prices, all of a sudden, that's a bad thing, both for Republicans and for corporate Democrats. And it really bugs me out of all the things in Build Back Better that bug me, Build Back Better bugs me, uh, is that that was shot down like almost immediately, Mm -hmm. which tells me, why are you here? You're not here to represent the people.
2: You know, I feel as though a lot of times we end up getting gassed up, just like in a new relationship, or you're just starting dating someone, and it's just like you don't really get to see the full person. You get a sort of a facade. And I think that happens a lot with elected folks or people running for office, and then they get elected, and then they sort of change up. Not everybody, because I also believe that some people really, truly believe they can do some things, and then they get in there and realize that there are so many. Uh, roadblocks and structures already put up and so many people who've been there um, in the establishment for so long that they're not willing to budge and say that we could do X, Y, and Z because this is why I think the squad, the ALCs and the Ayanna Presleys and what have you get I so much my, slack, that's my But they get so much slack for trying to push back because they also push back on Democrats and it's one of those yeah. things where they're like, oh, we can't do that. We can't say anything bad about X, Y, and Z, but you can because if they're no good, they're no good. Uh,
3: Well, this is why I have such a problem with mediocre black elected officials. I don't feel like I should have to accept mediocrity from my own people. I don't expect anything from white politicians. I don't expect anything from Republicans. I do expect from my own people. And I...
2: But is that an unfair burden?
3: No. No, no, no. No, it's not. Because when you stand up for black people, you are saying implicitly that you're going to go that extra step. And you are going to be better than... But what? some
2: don't say that they're actually standing up for black people. They're just wanting to be an elected official because they want to represent all.
3: Oh. Yeah, you know what, kiss my butte. Uh When you're a black politician, you're representing black people, and you better you better do a good job of it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're say in uh, a majority white area, yeah, you're representing everybody, and you should always represent everybody. But if you're representing a majority black or brown district, mm-hmm. I expect better of you. And and you know it may be an unfair burden, but that's the black man's burden.
2: What else is happening
3: in the news? In the news. So, black OK, Bill Back, <laughs> Bill Back Better has basically been sabotaged by Christian cinema, and Joe <clears throat> Manchin. And I just wonder, like, how do we then turn to folks of color? How do we turn to poor folks and say, we actually can make a difference. You've got to vote even more next time. How do, we, how do we get that conversation going without somebody saying, I voted the last time. What did it do?
2: I've been asking myself that question for all the years that I've been doing this work. And the only thing I can come up with is that it's not only about voting, but it's about um, holding folks accountable. And it's about that constant engagement and staying on top of them. Because the one thing about um, the last president, whose name I refuse to mention, she a lady. Um, is that he stayed in the media. He stayed on people's heads, that whether you liked him or didn't like him or whatever, he, was always in somebody's mouth. Now if we did that about the issues and we just exhausted it to a point, like to a point where, you know, this is this is the thing, paid family leave or affordable childcare or um, uh, abortion rights, things like this. If we just kept it there and stopped like trying to pussyfoot around it and tiptoe, we might actually get something done because we can't vote and then sit back and expect them to be able to do all the things. And just like 2022 is a, a midterm year and a lot of times the, um, the votes drop off. The, a lot of people vote during the um, presidential elections, but then the midterms come around two years later and people don't think about it or they don't think it's important. But then that's when we lose a lot of seats, too. This is what happened to Obama. And when he couldn't get stuff done, is because then the way the balance went between the Senate and all of that, he just didn't have the power. He, had, he needs his homies to back him up. And so we have to always be there, which is exhausting as regular people who are just out here
3: trying to... Plus, it's not sexy. One thing about Trump, and, and, I, and I will... You said his name. Oh, God, I won't I'm, say it two more I'm times. Canceling. I will not say it two more times. I will I'm not canceling say it two more times. this whole show. <laughs> no, Cheeto do a lady. One thing about him is he made news sexy, for lack of a better word. I know that's a horrible word to use in connection with him, Mm -hmm. but it was always something. It was always something that had really nothing to do with anything, but he kept it going. And I think one of the things about the Democrats, uh, my people, as it were, is that we don't keep it sexy. We don't keep it in the news. We don't, you know, like, we have the best economy right now. We have the, uh, the biggest job growth since, like, the centuries of, of your, and yet that message isn't getting out they n-
2: they're not modern enough they do weird things like when Pelosi was kneeling and in, in, in all of that I think that and they're wearing the kente cloth I'm like oh there's God. just things that you just shouldn't do and I think that they think that they're outreaching to people and they're doing like oh well, we did this and we yeah. did that but you didn't actually do anything that yeah. actually
3: resonates Such with somebody look I brought over some pumpkin pie <laughs> yeah like oh thanks lady who lives next door who's probably moving soon Um, Okay, let's move on a little bit. The Oath Keepers, finally. Who are the Oath Keepers? Oath Keepers are a group of people who supposedly... They're um, men, though, right? It's a man's group? Yeah, it's a white guy thing. Um, They are basically a right-wing group that said they were forming to uh, make sure that the Constitution was respected, blah, blah, blah. But then when they formed after Obama got elected, because for whatever reason, they felt that the Constitution now needed to be protected... Then when Cito Mussolini came in, all of a sudden, the Constitution didn't mean anything to them. Freedom of speech didn't mean anything. Voting rights didn't mean anything. Yeah, they
2: ruined my birthday.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They set up you know, insurrections. And set up. So anyway, finally, uh, with all these people who stormed the Capitol in a coup attempt- On oh, my birthday. On your birthday, because that's what's most important. It, it is really not is. called January 6th for nothing. It is called January 6th for Erica's birthday. Uh, so basically these people stormed the Capitol, tried to overthrow the government and they've been called insurrectionists, which I'll be honest with you. If I get on the bus right now, going down King nobody gonna know what that word means. Um, so evidently, finally Merrick Garland got some, you know, backbone and has charged the leaders of the oath keepers with seditious conspiracy, which says it a lot better. They tried to overthrow the government here in Nevada we had a bunch of folks who forged documents, said that they were the actual people who were uh, in charge of electing. And they
2: videoed uh, themselves doing it. Doing
3: it, because evidently, if you're a seditionist conspiratorial person, you're stupid.
2: (laughs) I'm going to go on Facebook Live. (laughs) Right,
3: right. Hi, I'm committing a crime. (laughs) So anyway, um, these guys, and I guess a couple of women, mainly guys from Nevada, are also in on this. What do you think we should do? Shouldn't we be like, like at their door, like, yo, you gotta go to jail.
2: It's never gonna happen. I don't know. And, I, why? and this is because uh, they make the rules. The people who are behind these things are um, have people who were really behind them with a lot of money and they end up making the rules. You know, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist, but so many things happen that make me wonder like who's really pulling all these different yeah. strings and are people really interconnected are the democrats, some democrats and some republicans and others are they really all really co-mingling which is why no one really calls anybody to task cuz there was no reason that they couldn't call the former president to task on all those things yeah. that were supposedly so important. Tax returns had always been a thing, that it, all the time that I've known about elections right. and people running, you have to be transparent where you live, You know how much you make, Anything, any board you're on, wherever you get any money from, so that they can see if there are any um, issues with and that. And a
3: subpoena, if you got one, you better show up at the court.
2: Exactly, you know, Bill showed up for his uh, right. subpoena.
3: Right, <laughs> you said subpoena. <laughs>
2: And that is the
3: news. The news. <laughs> <As it is. laughs> Poison. Poison. Poison.
2: And we're back, y'all.
3: We are from the back. I'm With Derek. our first guest. Yeah, Erica.
2: Yeah. I think they got our names in okay. the first half. We're play half. cousins. We are play cousins because we're not actually related. Not yet. at all. Mm-hmm. So now we have our very first guest. Our very guest. first guest. Oh, my God. Ever stop talking over me. He <laughs> didn't even want to do the introduction, and then he doesn't want to stop talking. So in. in our presence, we have Mr. Ozzy Fumo. Welcome to the studio.
3: Can I talk now? No. Can, can I talk now? <laughs> hey, Ozzy. He hey. can talk. You can't <laughs> talk.
2: So thank you for I, having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And I like your UNLV uh shirt there. Mm-hmm. Are you an alum of UNOV? I
1: am not. I'm an alumni of uh, University of San Diego. But oh. I teach at Boyd Law School.
2: Do you? What do you teach?
1: I teach trial advocacy. I teach opening statements and closing arguments. And I teach pretrial criminal litigation.
2: Oh, well, I didn't Never. go to law school, so I didn't know that they were all separate. I headings. had no idea
3: that there was actually a class for opening statements. I just want to take there. that class, so I right. just go in and open
2: things.
1: I'd start teaching that on Wednesday. You guys should come.
2: Oh, yeah. Check I'll see out. if I can get my FAFSA in can in you, time. Can
3: you imagine me knowing how to opening statements? No, Man, no. that would be so bad. <laughs> yeah,
2: it would, it would. you would just not stop talking. Ever. <laughs> but I do love law
3: shows. Yeah, Matlock.
2: Mat- Matlock was pretty cool. Yeah. So, Mr. Fumo, um, I'd like to start with a little bit of your bio, if you could introduce folks uh, to who you are and uh, how long you've been doing this work here in Nevada.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, so my name is Ozzy Fumo. I've lived in Las Vegas since 1976. So grew up here, uh, spent the last 45 years, graduated high school, met my wife here.
2: What high school did you go to? Bishop Gorman. Oh,
4: right.
1: Back when I went to high school, there was only nine high schools in Las Vegas. Now I think there's 29. Growing quite a bit since then. Quite a bit. Went to University of San Diego, like I said, left Las Vegas for those four years, came back, and then uh, married my high school sweetheart. We had uh, three kids, went to law school, which at the time I went to law school, there was no law school here in Las Vegas. So I went to Whittier Law School, downtown Los Angeles, close enough for me to drive back, and I'd go from uh, Monday through Thursday, go to school, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, spend time with the family, go back, it was a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was intense. So I was happy when they opened uh, Boyd Law School here in Las Vegas. And uh, graduated law school, started practicing criminal defense, and loved it. Loved being in the courtroom. Loved doing what I do. And I uh, spent the last 26 years, you know, fighting for people's rights, defending the Constitution. And then spent two terms at the Nevada State Assembly, where I passed some legislation on expanding juror pools. You know, it was a big promotion of, of uh, bail. You know, I think what I, what I beat the drum for justice up at the uh, legislature, I used to say, you know, to the poor, bail means jail, but to the rich, clout means you're out. And We needed to change some of that. Oh,
2: I like that. Say that again.
1: So to the poor, bail means jail, but to the rich, clout means you're out. And that is the kind of way it works, not just in here in Nevada, but in, I think, in every state, but. I
3: was That's was. way concerned. it works in life.
1: That's right.
2: I have a question. I have a question first. I'm not oh. even done introducing myself. And He's not even done, so no questions. <laughs> no, I'm so yet again, Derek <laughs> just has to wait. Go you ahead, can, go, go, no, go, go, go ahead. You could have started. I'll just wait. I just want to ask <laughs> when you des- when you decided to go to law school and then you decided to do criminal law. Why criminal law over corporate or some other constitutional law or something else? You know, good, good question. I, I really enjoyed criminal procedure
1: and criminal law. There's two different classes in in law school, both first year courses, and enjoyed the heck out of them. And then kind of gets your juices flows to where you want to be. Uh, came back to Las Vegas and worked for a guy who did criminal defense work. And he worked on murder cases, capital cases, You know, capital cases where the state of Nevada is trying to kill the defendant and enjoyed that kind of work and then was hooked. And knew when I came back to Nevada, passed the bar, I wanted to practice in the criminal defense world. I did a little bit of family law. I did a little bit of uh, personal injury, things like that. Enjoyed it, but didn't enjoy it as much as I liked being in the courtroom. You know, personal injury cases—you're really negotiating with insurance companies, and, and rarely do you get a case that can go to trial. In family law, it's a different court, and it's it's less procedural and more fact-driven. And uh, being in criminal—the world was just what got me going. So I, I really did like that, and I liked defending people. I like defending their constitutional rights. I like doing what I'm doing, and so uh, just concentrated on that. And I, and I learned from a, a attorney a long time ago. He said, if you practice every kind of law, you'll be good at most of what you do. But if you practice one particular area of law, you'll be great at that particular area and it's, it's good. Another, another attorney told me, you know, you can treat it as a business or as a profession. If you treat it as a business, you'll never be a great lawyer. But if you treat it like a profession and, and really be good at your craft and hone your craft, the business will come in. And that's kind of the attitude I've taken with it.
3: Have you ever gone home and cried? Probably gonna do that after this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know I probably will too. I, 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 to
1: answer your question, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, like for why? Uh, I've had clients with my, or meetings with my clients' families and parents. And, and sometimes you hear the story of your client and how they grew up and, and how they were treated as a child. And you've got to be stoic and strong when you're talking to them and uh, just go home and close the door and collapse. Uh, or sometimes it's, it's uh, standing at a sentencing and hearing what the victim has gone through in a case. And uh, I just recently did that. My, my client and his girlfriend were accused of shooting someone in the head, and the, the person lived. And uh, I had to stand there in court at the sentencing just a few months ago and uh, listen to the victim, who is now brain-damaged, but he remembered exactly what he was like before he was shot in the head. And this was just a random shooting. My uh, client his girlfriend had no beef with this guy, just some kind of random shooting. It wasn't like an argument, they were defending themselves. And uh, when he talked about what his life was like prior to the shooting and what it's like now, and his girlfriend left him because he can't act like a man, as he would say to her, and she couldn't handle that. And, and uh, he's now, he used to be able to pay his rent, and he used to help his family with, with bills when they were in trouble, and now he has to depend on them, and listening to what his life was like. And like I said, the, really, the thing that affected me, I think, the most was that he remembers what he was like before he was shot. And it really did, it affected me. You go home and you just, you know,
3: spill it. On the opposite end, though, have you gone home and patted yourself on the back and said, you know what, Ozzie, This was going left and you took it and you turned it around. Oh, hell yeah. You
1: know, sometimes you're in courtroom. I tell my students this all the time. You know, if you really hone your craft and you work at it, uh, the adrenaline that goes through you is amazing. You know, it's, it, 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 you pay a price for it. It's like Drano going through your systems, and defense attorneys I don't think live as long as, say, other types of attorneys do, because the adrenaline and the power that's going through it. But sometimes you're in a courtroom and you say something, someone will object, and you answer, and you argue something, you think in the back of your head, my God, that's clever. Who said that? My God, it was me. You know? And, and you, uh, you go home and you think, wow, that, that really was good. Or, you know, I thought this case was going to go south. This guy was going to get convicted, and the jury comes back and finds him not guilty. I thought,
3: you know, good job. Can you turn it off? Like, I mean, I'm, you said you married your high school sweetheart. So she's been with you through the whole well
1: journey. I married my high school sweetheart. We were together for 20 years and, and got a divorce. We're still very good friends. Okay. Uh, then married another woman that I went to high school with, Ellen, and we've been together for Oh, 12 we know Ellen. Everybody knows
3: Ellen. Ellen's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do you turn it off for Ellen? Or, or is Ellen such a partner that you don't have to turn it off?
1: That's a great question. Uh, you know, sometimes people tell you things or you learn things that are confidential and you can't share that with with other attorneys in the office, your, your partner in the office, or your partner at home, you know, and you have to just bury those things inside. So there's a lot of things that I go home and do share with my wife and there's some things I just can't because of ethical considerations and obligations. And, you know, I talk to my students about this a lot as well. You know, we talk about vices. Everybody has a vice, whether it's gambling or drugs or or alcohol, you know, somebody, everybody has something. Ellen's vice is she likes to exercise. I don't know what that's about, but she she likes to work out. Mine was smoking cigars. Until recently, I'd be smoking a cigar a day. And I think it was more of a stress relief, you know, from everything that went on during the day and in a trial, uh, the emotions, the intensity, and that ride home, it was almost like a ritual where I could just breathe it in and relax out and sit with friends sometimes and have a drink and, and smoke a cigar and just, enjoy the day and forget about what happened, you know, earlier that day or earlier that week or whatever else was going on. Everybody has something like that. So you have, you have to that, have that stress relief, but I, I represent attorneys and judges who get in trouble as well. And so I tell them, make sure your vice is more like Ellen's. Exercise, do yoga, go mountain climbing, hike. Try to avoid the drugs, alcohol, cigarettes or cigars if you can, because it's not, it's not a healthiest of, of choices, but you need something to blow off that steam and, and get it out.
2: Um, this, this makes me think about like some of the tough things, both as an a, attorney um, or as an assembly person. Capital punishment has come up multiple times during the sessions, and it never seems to get anywhere. Um, and it feels really archaic to me. To eight, um,
3: sponsored murder.
2: Yes, to, to that we have the right. To, like it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, oh, you can't kill somebody, but we can kill somebody, right. sort of thing. And so, I'm wondering your thoughts on. How do we get to a place where we actually abolish the death penalty? Is that possible here in this state? And what do we need to do to advocate for that?
3: And why do you think it should be, if you do think it should be about, what is your personal moral issue with it?
1: So I, I represent people charged with capital murder, you know, where the state is trying to kill them. And I agree with you that state-sanctioned murder it's doesn't weird. work. It's ironic that we're not allowed to kill somebody, but the state is, you know, a knife for an eye kind of thing. But... As Gandhi said, you know, if, if the whole world lived with an eye for an eye, eventually the whole world would be blind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I am opposed to the death penalty I want it abolished. And like I said, I spent two terms at the Nevada State Legislature. And, and both times I was up there, I supported bills that would abolish the death penalty.
3: Uh, what got in the way, though? How come we don't have it? I mean, it's, it's like Eric says, it's so weird. W- what gets in the way? Because obviously, we've had the majority for several, uh, when I say we, I mean Democrats have had the majority for the last few sessions. So why is this still happening?
1: Well, when, when I was up there, you know, we, like I said, I supported it both times. And there was an assemblyman uh, named James Oranshaw, who's now Senator James right. Oranshaw, And he's, he's uh, like-minded like me in that, that we, you know, both think that it should be abolished. And, and we sp- co-sponsored a bill together in the 2019 session. And... Uh, I think in 17, it got a hearing. I don't think in 19, it even got a hearing. He was in the Senate, I was in the assembly. We had competing bills. Uh, He had one that came up, I think, in the 21 session and uh, passed through the assembly, but when it got to the Senate, it never even got a hearing. You know, so there's plenty of ways to kill a bill, 100 ways to kill a bill, and only one way for it to get through, it's gotta have everything go right. And uh, when it got through, I think the senators said that uh, there just wasn't enough time to hear the bill. There was enough time to hear other bills, but there wasn't enough time to hear this one. It'd be so long.
2: But when we know that there are people who are wrongly convicted, and we know that this happens, and you know, we even. Mainly poor people. Right before, I think, COVID, that we did a screening of um, Just Mercy uh, at the movie theater, I think it was in North Las Vegas, and I, the governor came, it was quite a few people. Um, And folks were in tears about how terrible this is and and, and the idea that someone can end up in prison um, or on death row and actually be innocent. Like why, how much time do we need to actually say that this is not a good idea because it could, someone could be wrong.
1: Absolutely. And, and people are wrong all the time. And we've gone back through history and found out through DNA and other, and other things that we've killed the wrong people.
2: And then we just say, oops. Right. My bad. Right. My bad. Exactly. Yeah. So there's no do
1: over in that, though. Life no. Is over. Not
2: at all. And I don't even know how you, there's no restitution for that either no, for families. No. Um, but speaking of which, and, and being able to change things and do something different, I want to bring up um, the seat of district attorney. And I know that. Um, you know, we're nonpartisan, so we're just out here talking to you about stuff. But stuff. I wanna talk about what a district attorney does. And, and what a
3: district attorney should do.
2: And, and why people should care about that.
1: I think if most people are gonna have uh, contact with the justice system, it's gonna be through the district attorney's office. Police are gonna charge a person with a crime and they're gonna to have to deal with the deputy district attorney at one point or another, whether it's a traffic ticket. Right now, they were handled by uh, the DA's office or the city attorney's office, if you're in the city of Las Vegas. Uh, and, and so it's, it's very important. It, it dominates uh, the life in Clark County here, right? Uh, but the district attorney has four different divisions. You've got the criminal division, which is probably the, the most what people think of when they think of a district attorney's office. You also have the civil division. Uh, there's a family support unit for, for collecting child support. And then you've got the, the juvenile unit. So there's actually four different units that the district attorney in Clark County would handle. And it's important because it does. It affects whether you're in the civil, the criminal, the juvenile, or the child support arena. And sometimes with, you know, eventually all four, you know, you're going to deal with them at one point or another.
3: What do you think is the main thing that needs to be changed in the district attorney's office if you could affect that change? You know,
1: I I think the one thing I keep saying is, you know, it's we the people, not we the privileged. And so that what I've, I've been practicing for criminal defense the last 26 years, in the last 10 years, when the current DA has been in office, you know, I, I've seen things that happen with, people get treated a certain way. Lighter skinned people get treated a little better than darker skinned people. Uh, wealthier get treated differently than the poor. If you have an attorney who uh, donates to his campaign, you're gonna get a lot better deal than it otherwise would. And those kind of things. What I wanna do is, you know, when, if you go to the United States Supreme Court, and you look at that big granite sign above, it says equal justice under the law. And that's kind of what I've been touting my entire career. Everybody needs to be treated the same.
2: It's amazing. I'm so glad you came.
3: Thank you.
1: Thank
2: you. Thank you for joining us on our, our very first show. Inaugural. <laughs> yes, the Inaugural show. Um, and we hopefully we will have you back. This is going to be a pretty busy year and a lot going on. And I just have so many questions more about the DA's office and also just overall what uh, how folks should be engaged sure. in these things. So hopefully you can return. My and point. tell
3: Ellen we said hey. I sure will. Thank you, Ozzy. All right. Hey Ellen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that was great. Ozzie Fumo, I mean first it's a cool name to Ozzy have Fumo, in the yeah. first place. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that was really interesting. I think it's really important that people know what DAs do and that he's so passionate about um, people having equality under the law, which right now doesn't really feel like it exists.
3: It's nice to know that somebody understands that, though. On several occasions, he did point out the discrepancies, and I think a lot of people get to a certain place in life or a certain position, and they forget that if if they ever knew it.
2: I don't think they ever knew it. So hopefully we can have him back on because, you know, heard it through the grapevine, he's
3: running for something. I think people oh. should
2: probably uh, do some Googling.
3: Elections have consequences all day long. Right.
2: Oh, we're back. I needed a potty break.
3: Yeah, I know. Did you get one? Yeah. I
2: don't know, remember your life. I've been trying to drink my water. I stay uh, hydrated. Hydrated. And Moisture. my mind my, my business and I'm moisturized.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just mind your business. We are, um, we're like rolling along here. We have another guest. Our guest is Regent Laura Perkins, who is going to tell us what it, is to be a regent. It is... sounds so royal. It does. It's like, it's so like She
2: was knighted by like, the queen. Her
3: ladyship, Regent Lord Peckins, is in. The I room. was
2: watching Downton Abbey this morning, and I feel like. I want to mention some of that. Don't you have to watch *Doubt*
3: every like every morning, like just to like get <laughs> life started?
4: Especially since I don't have
2: a ladies' mate.
3: <laughs> right, right, right. So, Regent Laura Perkins, hello, darling.
4: Hello, and I don't have a ladies' mate. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't want one of those. Me too. neither. Yeah, I
2: think we need to put that in the uh, contract for.
3: Oh yeah, we next want a season. ladies' mate. Yeah, I want a, a valet. Um, Regent Laura Perkins. One oh. of the things, the first thing, I'm never going to say. One of the things, the first thing everybody says. When someone says something about a regent is...
4: What do regents
3: do? Thank you. (laughs) So, go for it. So, what y'all be doing? What y'all doing?
4: What are we doing? Well, we are the governing body, which means we make policy and make sure that things are going along for all the eight institutions that are publicly funded by the state of Nevada. So, that means like UNR, University of Reno, University of Las Vegas, UNLV... Truckee Meadows Community College, Great Basin Community College, Western, Western Nevada Community College, College of Southern Nevada, Nevada State, Nevada State College, and Desert Research Institute. So it's like eight cities.
3: You sound like somebody with a bunch of kids trying to make sure you don't forget <laughs> little Latasha. Oh
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'll say, oh, you forgot me. Well, don't, don't love, love me. Love, right. But no, I love all the institutions. They're all sisters, but they're not twins. You know, they're not identical. So each uh, each institution has their own needs and specific uh, issues that we as regents have to try to solve.
2: So I have a question because regents are elected and they're elected. Um, you have to live in a certain area to vote for a certain region, but... What does that have to do with the higher education institutes? Uh, like, why, why can't everybody vote for all of the regions if it's about the entire state?
4: That's a great question, because I represent the, the people of District 1, very similar to uh, the assembly. How, yes, I represent my particular district, but in the grand scheme of things, I, anybody who voted for me, and even people who didn't vote for me, I still represent them.
2: So uh, if you have, um, so if you're a regent and you're making some decisions about higher education, um, are there any examples of things that uh, you have to make decision on or um, uh, or how do y'all work together? What does that look like?
4: Uh, well, because of Open Meeting Law, uh, we cannot meet about any items that are going to be on the agenda. So there's 13 of us that represent all of the state um, and we can't talk to more than four or five other regents because we don't want to get that majority discussing topics. So it's really hard to build, um, team build. But on the, other, on the other side of it, because it's such a diverse group, we have, it, it represents every facet of our state. You know, not everybody has, uh, there's high school, there's people in high school, military, business owners, um, doctors. You know, there's just a wide uh, breath of people that represent the whole state.
3: Now you, District 1, that's basically like North Las Vegas, generally speaking, like where's District okay. 1?
4: It starts at Charleston and goes all the way north to the mountain.
3: And how many people do you represent in that district? Great question.
4: I know there's 260,000 people in North Las Vegas. Are
3: there? Oh my gosh. Yep. By the way, Erica hit me. Stop. You hit me. What?
4: I I, saw
2: nothing. No. And, you know, Ozzy was just here. Now have him represent me. (laughs)
3: Perfect. So why? I guess this goes back to what regents do. Why are regents important? Why Why isn't there just like a school board? What's up? Yeah, well, well, I,
2: well actually, I don't have a college we,
4: school board. Yeah. We are the equivalent of the Clark County School Board. Ooh, the, um, the trustees. Do you really want to be? A <laughs> no, I don't, I, but their format. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> but their format is the same. It's like uh, the county commission. Compa- I'll do another one. The county commission compared the, the regions are like the county commission, and our chancellor is like the city manager. So we manage the city manager, and the city manager manages now, the colleges. I know you're going to save money.
3: But what is the one thing that the system needs more of other than money?
2: Dollars. <laughs> Ducats.
3: <laughs> Dinero.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I
3: guess. Uh, and why? Okay, if it is money, why?
4: Why? Because, you know, we only have two sources. Well, actually, we have three sources, but the state, federal funding and grants, and the students, so if the states don't give it to us and we don't have the grants, then we have to put that on the backs of the students and that's one of the things that every region is known for mostly is increasing fees
3: now okay I'm going to go back to that when I went to when I went to um, CSN oh. the rates were so low and it was easy to go to school now the rates are so high I, I'm like yeah. I have to choose between going to school and not going to school. And I chose not to go because the rates were so high. Why are the rates so high? And why did they go up so so much in such a short amount of time?
4: What um, year was this? Like the 50s? 27. I'm the class 19, of 1923. 20 20
3: 20 20 20 20.
4: <laughs> 23 Skidoo. <laughs> hey, wait. It's only 50 years old. He was an inaugural student.
3: I had but, a right, Beaver, okay. Code, and yeah. Stop. Yeah, stop. Beaver. Code. <laughs>
4: And
3: Erica bell bottoms, yeah. no. uh, so,
4: no, I know. So, I what was the, can you rephrase the question, Why please?
3: did the rates go up so they, much?
4: You know what, um, they do go up, but it's, it's kind of, you can see, if the, the legislators don't give us money, then we have to raise rates. So it's like a seesaw. If the legislators give us more money, do rates go down? No, but they don't increase. So it's our legislators' fault. No, 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 I would no. never say that. No, I, is, just, I just no, said it. No, you yeah, said it's it, I agree not. with you. Um, because, well, we don't want, we have to figure out a way to fund it. That's just, we have to think outside the box. We have to start using. Um, don't to, you guys get any marijuana money? Stop it. We, No,
2: <laughs> well, that's for K it's, through 12, yeah, unfortunately. No, that's, you not know. A, that's not a higher education. Oh,
4: We're I'm 12. It's and higher. I'm 12 to 20. Mm-hmm. So 12th grade and above. But, um. There has there is other ways like we're looking at grants, we're looking at public-private partnerships, which is how the medical school was built for UNLV. We're looking at those um, those public-private partnerships because businesses want and need an educated workforce. So it's time for um, businesses so, to step up. So I have
2: a question. You know, there is a large movement now for abolishing student loans and, and all of that across the board. People want them to be forgiven. Um, There are just major problems with student loans in the first place of having an 18-year-old, 17-year-old be able to rack up these types of of loans and then try to pay them back um, over the next 30 years. And you're racking up those loans
3: before you even understand what that means. You can't
2: barely do anything else. You couldn't buy a house. Right. You couldn't do anything. You just don't even, like, they give you these loans and they're just like, here, take it. Yeah,
3: $45,000,
4: 50000 100000 my, my question is, who would give an 18-year-old a Ferrari? Right. right. And that's exactly what we're doing. We need to educate our, our students what it means. And, you know, 10 years from now, you're thinking, oh, I'll get this million dollar job and you know, I'll, I'll be able to afford the Kardashian mansion and I'll, no problem with my student loans, but that's not the way it generally works out. Um, however, in the long run, when you are, even if you take two semesters of, of college credits and get a, you know, and pass them, your income will increase, um, not dramatically, but markedly over someone with just a high school diploma. So that's where we're at with that. But is it enough for people to actually feel
2: like they have a living wage, that they are able to survive?
3: And does it ever balance out that $100,000 that you owe?
4: Well, you have to be careful. I mean, a lot of it is, let's, we change our minds. We go to an institution, and we're like, oh, we want to be an astrophysicist. And then the next thing you know, oh, wait. I, second year in I don't want to be an astrophysicist anymore I want to be a brain surgeon then third year in that that change um, those that costs money I mean literally that costs you money and time at your institution I think we need to like once again we need we have the scholarships uh, I think we need to fund just I out of words, we need to, basically we need to fund our students. If we want educated students, we need to fund them. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, student loan, but and then we need to educate them on the other side about the implications of student loans. And like I said, I w- um, I'm in that crack, right in the middle, I am solid middle class. Um, so basically that's the only option for me and my children because I make too much for need-based loans and yes, they were good students, but those are highly competitive uh, merit-based grants. So I'm right in the middle. So how do, I, how do I send my kids to school, which is my question. How do I
3: send the middle class to school? What are the regions doing to, to, to make sure? Are there like corporate sponsorships? And then if you have corporate sponsorships, then do you just end up being free labor for corporations? Like, I mean, it seems to be sort of a sticky wicket.
4: Um, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I kind of look at it like, uh, we, we want educated workforce. You know, we need an educated workforce and I don't mean like not everybody is going to be that physicist, but we need some, we need people that are above high school. And when you talk about it like that, some classes are free at CSN. I mean, you can literally go to CSN for free. They will pay for, um, as long as you don't have that overcredit thing, which we eliminated, thank God. Um, so there, there are ways to do it. We just have to be creative about
3: uh, solving that problem. What have you done as a regent that you're most proud of?
4: Well, we built um, a public-private partnership with uh, UNLV is one of the things I'm most, pr- uh, most proud of. And most recently, we acquired a university that was going out of business, Sierra Nevada, um, Sierra Nevada College, excuse me, And that was gifted to UNR, which is phenomenal. So we get um, an opportunity to educate more people in a different environment, which is wonderful. Most proud of the renowned partnership. um, Because the UNR's medical school is now partnered with Renown, which is one of the uh, prominent medical uh, facilities in northern Nevada, I'm most proud of that because that will serve more students. They gave scholarships to students right now. Our freshmen that are entering med school have their, their tuition 100% paid for through renowned and through this partnership. So that's, wow. that's one of the things I'm really, really most proud of.
2: Maybe Derek can go to uh, medical school now and get can that you first year
4: imagine? Paid. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the change your mind, man. And like, what, I mean, I remember what, the chef... Which would, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing you he, now. He
2: does, he does cook well. He, yes. you know, he likes presentation. I appreciate that, but he's also going to real estate school. Thank you.
3: Yeah, I, I you know, medical. No, because it's like I'd have to remember stuff. now. we're not going to do that. Um, how do? You, how does the region system affect a city like North Las Vegas, which is going through a transition from North Town to the city of North Las Vegas? I know the, I want,
4: it, I want it to be the view from here because the views in North Las Vegas are amazing. Yeah. You can always see the strip, you can always, and it's just far enough away from the action to see the action but not necessarily be involved in the action. So right. the view from here for North Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, how does, um, most employers want schools that are near them so they can partner, like uh, Google for example, they partner with, uh, C, no, let me go back, Google partners with schools and they kind of train the students to go to work for Google. And no, that's not like corporate, what did you call it? Corporate?
3: Uh, yeah, free free labor. It's
4: not free labor because they actually get paid. And yes, it is well above minimum wage. And yes, it is a livable wage. Um, I see our education system as maybe creating the next San Jose where we have technical, um, a highly technical uh, learning system to where we can feed students directly into those high-tech jobs which are the which are the jobs that are coming. So could
3: North Las Vegas be a tech center?
4: I believe it's so, yes. We have Apex, which is a very large um, area of land just north of uh, I-15. And with that land, that is perfectly designed for manufacturing and high tech.
2: Oh. Um, this has been very interesting and, and very educational. I think most people um, have probably seen Region on the ballot and have no idea what that is, so I'm glad you were able to break that down a little bit. And as someone who has two children in college, one in nevada at unr go wolf pack um i appreciate you being an advocate uh, and being a black woman and advocate for higher education and doing your best to keep those fees down because um yeah i'm tired I'm, yeah, I'm, i've been paying for tuition for a while um but you I know, have no we, retirement because i paid their tuition right exactly so. no they are your retirement because i look at my children as <laughs> they're going to be my social security and my pension
3: so kids. i'm just waiting erica's kids run <laughs>
2: I, when they get those really bomb jobs that they're going Thank to you. be able to give Thank me you. my monthly stipend <laughs> to help pay back. So, uh, But I appreciate you being here and Thank we you. look forward to talking, talking to you again sometime this year because there's just a lot going on. There and is. 2022 is a, is a
4: big year. Yeah, it, it really is. And I'm hoping that we will come out of this better for the wear. Let's yeah. hope so. Fingers crossed. Thank you, Laura Perkins.
2: Regent
3: Perkins. Regent Laura Perkins, regent, 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 Laura Perkins, Laura Perkins. So much thank you.
4: <laughs> thank you both. It's been a pleasure. The Washingtons. Want everybody
0: to know that I was the one to say
4: you ain't number a
2: hound office. So Laura Perkins, a Regent. regent. <laughs> I really like that title even though I'm like I wouldn't want to be a regent because it feels like a lot of work and one of the things I really wish we'd have had time to talk about was the fact that she's one of those elected officials that don't get a paycheck
3: no she it's all volunteer where she does and that, that makes from her no heart sense. And
2: that makes no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So oh, cool. our, our um, assembly folks and state senate folks, as well as the region, they get a per diem so that they can. I think that covers a little bit of gas, maybe, but not even at these gas prices. But you have to ride yeah. around and go to these meetings and talk to these people. Come here, fly to Reno
3: all the time. Yeah. just all sorts of stuff that's out of out of pocket, and which you know it really goes to show about someone's dedication because I don't know that I would be able to do all of that without being compensated.
2: Because it's hard out here.
3: It is. is. The rent is high. (laughs) The rent's too high. Yeah I I really do admire her and in the other regions and I think that you really have to actually care in order to do a job like that and do it correctly.
2: Right and in understanding that folks who have um children who will matriculate into higher education in the state that they should be thinking about who's representing them and making sure their, uh, their best interests are at heart and I think that's really important so it's dope, I'm glad she was on and I yeah. heard she's going to be doing some stuff in
4: she's
3: 2022
4: She's also going
2: to be doing some stuff
3: We're back We're for the students do you know what the stoop is? I know what the stoop is. is the I'm stoop? from the I'm from back east. Oh, that's right. You're in Det- from Detroit where they have a stoop.
2: Yeah, well, we have some stoop. We at least have a front porch right, a front where people porch. sit outside and wave. And where your butt better
3: be before those lights come on. <laughs> before
2: the street lights come <laughs> on. But that's where your grandparents and anybody in the neighborhood, you see what's happening. Right? You see what's going on. And you know everybody's business about everything.
3: Miss Tally was our lady on our street. Miss Tally would tell your business. And I'm mad
2: at it. We had Miss Roberta.
3: Yeah. So our first guest on the stoop is Aisha Goins, local activist, local cannabis expert, local stoop sitter. Hey, Aisha.
0: Hey. Tally is my uh, my mom's main name. So really? That might have been my auntie.
3: Right. Miss right. <laughs> Tally's husband and her went on a fishing trip. She came back. He didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. And <laughs> well, we knew that. that ain't
2: none f- of our business. Right,
3: that's none of my business. I ain't one to <laughs> gossip. So,
2: Derek, you was telling me some weird stories about. Is
3: the weirdest story. So, uh, there's a family that goes every year to Greece on their family trip. The mom and the dad pay for it. And this year, the daughter decides she wants to bring her boyfriend, which isn't a big deal, except she is now in a polyamorous relationship. And she wants to bring her polyamorous boyfriend, who, by the way, has a wife. But the mom is like, I don't want to be paying for this. She bring the husband too? She she wants to bring her boyfriend, not his wife.
2: No, no, but you're in a polyamorous relationship, so she has multiple partners too then, right?
3: She has well, it depends. Yeah. yeah, not
2: in a polyamorous relationship,
0: someone is polyamorous. Not all persons are polyamorous. So, for example, oh. they may be in an agreeable polyamorous relationship, but it doesn't mean that I'm a woman and I have two, two men or I, I'm i with a man that has two women. It could. There usually is a person... Who is the head of the polyamorous relationship and other people are in an agreeable relationship with that person? Whoa. What I find <laughs> odd about this, so I did, so I read the article because I was like. You know I'm, I'm interested in polyamorous I'm too jealous To be in Yeah, a poly- I, j- yeah I, <laughs> I, I, I draw the line At that right I can't yeah. share I, I can't share my food So right. I can't share <laughs> no- I don't even want To have a roommate <laughs> can, you can
3: you imagine Telling Marcus That you want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Talk I don't know why I would I'm not with,
2: window, but no, not with that No he's not with that I can have
0: a Comfortable um, One night stand Or you know I have a couple of people That I can call on But right. we ain't in a relationship and I don't that's, have that's, no
3: That's booty call.
0: yes y'all
2: ain't
3: going with your family
0: nowhere <laughs> I, to grace right right i ain't yeah. taking you nowhere i don't call myself i don't call it a booty call i call it a sex
2: companion
3: oh thank you i'm too old for a booty call <laughs> <laughs> booty call is sort of juvenile i get, I, I get your point so,
2: but she wanted her parents to fund
3: she w- wants just like it's always been she wants her parents to take care of it like it's always been but she's never asked them to take on her polyamorous partner. I
0: don't think... So here's how I feel about okay. all this. I don't think the dude is in a polyamorous relationship if he has a wife. Right. That that part doesn't... And wouldn't she be coming along? Because wouldn't she be the wife too? It wouldn't be that he has a wife and then he has a girlfriend. Wouldn't, they, be a side wouldn't he be calling all of them wives? That's right. how I felt. I felt like I was too side chicky. Now, I, I'm all for people who want to be in a polyamorous relationship. And I even understand it. Especially the way things are in the world now, right? It doesn't mean... I can see having a, um, a, a household where we all were one on the cord, trying to make something happen right, right. and it just made sense. And I follow a few people who are in polyamorous relationships and they're very happy and it's very healthy. Are they though? No, it, I, I used to feel the morality in me used to feel one way. But since I've let that go because I have watched these things uh, evolve, they are happy. They're happy in a way that is kind of annoying. They're happy. (laughs) And because one of the things is always about money, right? Because that's the thing about polyamorous relationships. Like what's going on with the money? Because who cares about who's sleeping with who? Who's paying for stuff?
2: Right.
0: Um, But in this situation with the mama, the mama was paying for the whole family to go because she always paid for the whole family to go. I don't think the hurt, the little girl, being. Excuse me, because she's thirty, <laughs>
3: right? <laughs>
0: you know, saying I'm I'm not that old, but I'm calling thirty rows little girl. But I don't think the mama was wrong for putting in boundaries. I just think she just was involved too involved
3: in how the relationship dynamics was. So you think the mom should have just been like, "This your business." Yes, come on. I you know what? I got the mom's point of view. Why am I paying? My, I, guess, I guess I don't want
2: to be with a man who, where my mama got to pay for you to go. You that's what I'm with Erica. Like,
0: me. that's I'm with you. That was the whole part of that. That I was like, uh, that part right there is just
3: too much See, anyway. And I, I'm a man who's like, yeah, I'll pay my way. Um, I once had someone who said they want to be in a relationship, but it had to be an open relationship. And I said, well, you know what? Okay, at least they asked me and I have a choice. And I said, that's fine, but you can't have lunch with anybody. And that was a deal breaker. Is what? that a euphemism? Because no. I'm like
0: I'm trying to say I'm like, wait, what? That was over my I'll head. I'll tell you
3: why. I'll tell you why. You can do whatever you want sexually with somebody on the side. That means nothing. That's just release. Mm. But when you start having lunch with people and talking to them, no, 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 boo, that's my time.
0: Yes, so but do- then you didn't want an open relationship, Derek. You wanted him to be with you and he could just sleep with other folks. Well,
3: yeah. Yeah, that's not the same That's thing. not the same. Well, see, and I don't get that. Let's move on. The, <laughs> the divorce the, the divorce that shook the world today, the divorce that like blew up the internet.
0: Is, are they divorced yet? They're no. not divorced.
3: They're divorcing. They're consciously uncoupling.
0: So we didn't think uh, Tashima... <laughs> What's her name? Lisa
3: Bonet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, we didn't think Dwayne and um, what's the little girl Gabriel. with the big face?
3: Dwayne and, and his wife. Dwayne? Yeah, that. Union. Me. No, 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 no. Uh,
0: Tisha Campbell. Yeah, we didn't oh. think Tisha Campbell and Dwayne rocked the world. Nah,
3: you know, you know what? Who did? Who did get me though? Was one of the best. Kevin
2: Kanye didn't rock the world. Nah, didn't, Kenan, we knew I that, I that know, from Kenan the beginning. And Kanye didn't rock we, the world. Yeah, I think it's fake. Lisa, I think it's
3: fake. Lisa Bonet. I do too. Lisa Bonet and Jason Momoa have decided to split. And I think the reason that it affected everybody is because two weirdos found each other. Mm. And we thought, if two weirdos can't make it, what's for two normies? You know, like, Steph and what's-her-name Curry, like, what are they, next? You know, like, is there anything... I like how you
0: just threw that in there. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, we didn't notice. We noticed! (laughs) (laughs)
3: Because Steph, call me... (laughs)
0: Over here, oh, just with his God. dream list. <laughs> so, it's, so who's next? Uh,
3: and Pete Davidson <laughs> better get out of my way.
0: <laughs> I would have used. I would have used Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Way. He okay, used but that, that, Aisha and stuff. <laughs> because <Right. laughs> I think they'll last. I think
2: Dwayne.
3: Yeah, I, and
0: I, you know what? Though? I don't think they will. Well, you know what bothers me about the Jason Momoa and Lisa mm-hmm. Bonet. So this, you know, ain't nobody talking about this. But Jason, Lisa Bonet was Jason Momoa's fan. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. or no, he right, right. stands he stand her. He stands yes, her. Yes, he yeah. stands her for years. Yeah. So basically, she married a fan. Yeah. So for me, like, even knowing that, and you know, Jason Momoa fine as hell, but even knowing that, I was like, this whole thing is weird to me. Because
3: did you fall in love with me or did you fall in love with Denise?
0: Exactly.
3: Now, or the person in Angel Heart? You know, didn't nobody <laughs> fall in love with that hoe? <laughs> that, that, that was. That.
0: Oh, I
2: can't I do that. So
3: they bad.
0: lasted 16 years <laughs> on fandom.
3: That is weird now that she's I mean, missing a, it. That look,
2: way. that's longer than a lot of people do on what they think is uh Yeah.
0: So
3: but now, okay, so here's the other question the internet has. Who gets Lenny Kravitz?
0: I just really can't stand <laughs> you. Did <laughs> you see him when they took it? Because, you know, he built that um, house in, over in the island. Yeah. And they took a picture. Uh, it was a video clip of him riding on a horse. And I he was looks, like, you so damn fine. Right?
3: 50 years old and looking Man, like that. it
0: ain't even <laughs> fair. Fair, right' it's not fair. so
3: if him and Jason Momoa are famously best friends co-fathers cool to all them kids I think the
2: next one that come along Lisa gonna add him just add it to the crew. yeah so I, is, think, okay. I think I think she is putting together her
3: her um, power her 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 yes <laughs>
0: yes her I, I could absolutely see that I could see Lisa just you know being in a space where she wants to be flexible and it makes more sense I don't think J- Jason Mamoir's um comes from islands and that doesn't I don't think that his uh, Culture mentally Even allows him to think outside of having Being able to share but Lisa's mm. Always been free spirited like that so I you know, I don't First of all I don't know if it's really Going to happen
3: Because
0: mm. I, I just I don't see That really happening How do you
3: find two freaks that, that, that Freaky to, to be with Well remember
0: when Demi Moore we said the same thing About Demi and uh, Ashton. Ashton
2: Yep but I think well, he now would, we know. he was the normal. And, well, fashion I don't know cuz now he's with an old girl and they talk about watch. how they, they they don't bathe.
3: Oh yeah, well that's just nasty. It doesn't mean that they're not normal cuz as we found out a lot of them don't bathe. So anyway, it's time to wrap this up. <laughs>
2: There's so much. Tell us what you think. Are you interested in see I, yeah. am, I I'm ending this by saying that I was not rocked by this this uh announcement, but you know, I have seen multiple memes of people putting their face next to Jason and like I'm next, I'm ready. Like the put me in team, I am ready. Put me in
3: Jason Call Me. Right. So
2: thank you Aisha, for God. bantering with us about nonsense Being on the stoop I know, That's my pleasure uh, I'm I
3: always really... here
2: for nonsense
3: <laughs> 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 Me too <laughs> Thank God you everybody for listening to up, Play Cousins I'm You'll Derek I'm Erica. We play cousins so We like ain't